Welcome to Running in Pursuit Podcast, a weekly podcast where we discuss what it looks like to follow after Jesus in ministry and everyday life, as well as another passion of ours, sports. I'm your host, Dusty Durbin, pastor of Big Level Baptist Church, and I'm alongside Connor Pounders, youth pastor of Big Level Baptist Church. How you doing, Connor? Doing good, man. How are you? Doing great. You had a good Easter yesterday? That was great. It was awesome. Yeah, I think we ate way too much candy. <laughs> yeah, we didn't eat a lot of candy, but we just kind of laid around the house after after we watched the service and everything, so it was good. I got you. Our kids uh, woke up, well, well, Wyatt, I think. Yeah, Wyatt was the first one up. And uh, he came in our room, and he was wanting to go and look. It was a, it was about 5 o'clock, a little after 5. And then finally, Hallie and Wyatt got up and said, they went and got their Easter baskets, and uh, and then they ate candy all day. In fact, Hallie didn't end up going to sleep last night till after 10, and I think it was because she had too much candy. My goodness. But it was a good, it was a good Sunday yesterday. It was a different Sunday. Yeah. Uh, not coming to church and worshiping with the saints of God was, was hard. But um, we were still able to preach the gospel. We were still yeah. able to worship at home with our family. Um, I know this is this is being posted uh, later, but um, it was still a good Easter. We we celebrated the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and uh, He's alive. And and truthfully, yeah. you know, while we set aside one day a year where we celebrate that, every day is a day of celebration of the resurrection of Christ. Right. You know, He went to the cross and died in our place. And so let, let's get to the topic today. Uh, today on the podcast, we're going to be discussing personal evangelism, personal evangelism, particularly uh, a couple of methods of personal evangelism. You know, uh, many times uh, evangelism is thought about only for those who have the gift. Now, I, I'm not certain I, there's a gift of evangelism. In fact, I would argue that evangelism is not a gift, but a command that that has been given to all people. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I would say that uh, I think a lot of times we <coughs> we push it off if we're if we're like church if we're not called to pastoral ministry or something like that we'll often push it off to the pastors yeah or the youth pastors or the college pastors whoever it may be um, when in actuality we are all called to share the gospel and that would be our um, our call to personal evangelism. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Many, many look at the office of evangelist and they will say, well, there's the gift of evangelist because you have the office of pastor and teacher. And, and while I, I do believe there's that pastors are gifted with the ability, with the gift of prophecy, well, now prophecy today I would define as forth-telling, taking the Word of God and preaching it, not foretelling. Right. Um, the office of evangelist doesn't seem to be a gift. It, it's, it's those who, who equip the saints in evangelism. But according to Matthew 28... Uh, 1920, what does he tell us? Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. The the imperative or the command in that text is to make disciples. Well, that command was given, yes, to the to the disciples that Jesus was talking to, but, but it extends past them. It, it goes to you and me and every believer today. The application is for all of us. And so when we look at that passage in Matthew 28, and he says, go make disciples of all nations, what's the first way we make disciples? We can't make disciples unless we do what? We share the gospel with them. Yeah, that's exactly right. Unless we evangelize. You know, he gives us three participles in the phrase. The imperative, the command, again, is make disciples. The way we do that is by going, right? Mm -hmm. 
going, the text can literally read, as you are going. There's an implication that Jesus is giving to the disciples that as they are living their lives, they are daily sharing the gospel with other people. They're daily proclaiming uh, Christ to those who are without uh, to the daily proclaiming Christ to those who are without him. And so if we're going to be faithful in the discipleship process, we must realize that as born-again believers, we have all been called, we've all been tasked with sharing the gospel. The, the same is true in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Now, l- listen to what he says in Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 1, verse, verse 8. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Uh, Jesus makes this declaration. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. He says, you. Now, some may say, well, he's talking to those in the upper room. Well, there was about 120 apostles, men, women, right? And so it wasn't just, the application isn't just to those 120. They were to go and be witnesses of the gospel, right? The the implication is that every born-again believer, look at the phrase, he says, when the Spirit comes upon you. Well, who who does the Spirit come upon? Every born-again believer, right? And so every person who places their faith and trust in Christ, we are indwelt with God the Holy Spirit. And so the power of our evangelism doesn't come from personal knowledge or wisdom. It comes from the Spirit of God. And so every believer has, has been given the Spirit of God, and now we have been called uh, and, been, and been tasked with uh, preaching Jesus. Evangelism. We, we are all called to preach the good news, declare the good news, herald the good news of Jesus Christ with those who are lost. And it shouldn't be a burdensome task, right? It should be a desire. Think, think about it. Connor, do you have, and you don't have to say specifically, right? But do you have family members and friends or uh, neighbors who, who don't have a relationship with Jesus? I would think so. Yeah, I, I think every one of our listeners could agree with us that we have people in our lives that, that are not genuine followers of Jesus, and out of a love for them, right, there should be a longing and a passion to proclaim Christ to them. Why? Because at the end of the day, eternity is real. And heaven and hell are real. And those who die apart from Jesus will spend eternity in a Christless hell. But we have the answer, and the answer is Jesus. But it should be a love not just for our family and friends or neighbors, but for for all people. Scripture says love God, love people. And, and G- People ask, well, you know, Jesus gave a, a, uh, a story, a parable, right, of who our neighbors are. And ultimately, he declares that our neighbor is, is every person. And so out of a love for all people, there should be a passion and desire to share the gospel. But my question then comes, okay, so, so we laid out a biblical understanding that we have all been called to share Jesus. Yeah. Out of a love for God and a love for his word. My question then is why are so many people, including ourselves, timid in sharing the gospel or, or reluctant to share the gospel, reluctant to evangelize? I think there's a lot of different reasons. Um, a couple of reasons I would I think of off the top of my head is one is um, I don't know their language. There may be a language barrier. Yeah. That's a, that is a, a big excuse sometimes. Yeah. Right? 
Um, another one is there, it may cause conflict with my coworkers. Okay. Right? If you're sharing the gospel with somebody, you don't want that to um, hinder you working with somebody. That may be an excuse that people use. Um, another one would just be you're nervous and scared mm-hmm. to share the gospel with somebody else. You're not sure how they would, how they're going to respond to right. it. Um, that kind of goes in hand in hand with the with the other one too. Um, but those are just some of the ones off the top of my head that mm-hmm. I could think of reasons why um, people don't want to share the gospel. Yeah, and l- let's look at those a little bit in detail for just a moment. One, you said the first one is a language barrier, and that's very true. Even even in in our own context, there there, are, there may be people from different language backgrounds that makes it hard for us to share the gospel with. Now, if you're in if you're in the states, right, the United States, we live in a, in a society where the nations have come to us, and so so I, I get that being a fear, but most of the time we can take that one and say that's that's an excuse that we won't encounter often. We could encounter it. Yeah, not here. Um, you wouldn't. I don't think you'll you'll even if you do, you might have somebody that can interpret um, to them. Yeah, far. yeah, and so here in America. So you're right. So that is an excuse, and and I've been in places. I've had the privilege of going to other countries where there is that language barrier, and and you're having to talk to an interpreter or. Or one time I preached and I had two interpreters. So I would preach and then an interpreter preached and then another interpreter preached. And so it does make a difference. We would do street evangelism and you would have an interpreter there. And and sometimes it's hard, you know, it's hard, okay, in, in trying to share the gospel. Make it, that language, just uh, even the words that I say, I may mean them one way and they may receive them differently. Mm-hmm. But, but that's probably less likely here in our country, although the nations are here. The, the second one you said... Um, so was was well i would this is i'm saying this just because this is what i would think people are having trouble with if they were if they're in these situations their coworkers so, right yeah their coworkers mm-hmm. maybe maybe you're working with them and you have to work with them monday through friday and then you you know you're thinking in your mind mm-hmm. hey if i share the gospel with them this could really ruin our relationship yeah. um but that that's an excuse that we come up with in fear in our head that um we're ultimately um, underestimating what the gospel can do. Right. Um, but in reality, it's 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 a fear and a concern that people have that you know, hey, maybe I'm yeah. I'm just not good enough to be able to share the gospel with this person, or maybe they won't listen. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a fear. Why why share the gospel when they, I know they're not going to listen? Yeah, and I would group that not just with coworkers, although you're absolutely right. But with that, I would group family members and even friends. Right. Yeah. If I tell them the gospel, because now, if we sugarcoat the gospel and we give them the prosperity gospel, then, uh, which is a false gospel, uh, people are more likely to receive that or at least brush it under the rug, right? Because it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't challenge you. Yeah, it doesn't challenge them. It doesn't co- confront their sin. But when we share the gospel of the Bible, people will get be offended. The Your gospel, is the gospel is offensive, because when we share the gospel biblically. We're having to confront the problem of man. And the problem of man is sin. And so many times people are trying to fill that void, that that brokenness with something else, whether it's uh, inappropriate relationships or drugs or alcohol or, or hobbies or more money. And, and people don't want to be confronted with the fact that they have a problem, right? right? 
Uh, but but and so so it it does lead us to a sense of well, if I say this and I confront their sin problem, then they may get mad at me. They may not talk to me. They may uh, ostracize me. Uh, I may lose a friend. My family member may want to have nothing to do with me. And and those are real concerns. Please, if those are concerns you have right now, I, I don't want to minimize those concerns. But but let me say this: in the midst of those concerns. If you have a genuine love for them, what is the greatest way you can love people? The, the gra- yeah, sharing the gospel. Sharing the gospel with them, right? The greatest way we love people is sharing Jesus with them. So those coworkers that you work with or your family members that that or our family members that, that may not have a relationship with Jesus, they may get upset with us. That's absolutely the case. Right? We look at the Bible and people got upset with those who preached the gospel. I get it. But we need to realize that, that life, Scripture says, is but a vapor here today and gone tomorrow. And, and what is, do we value and love them enough that we want to see them in eternity? Do we want to have see them in the presence of the King of Kings forever? And so if there's a genuine love, we will overcome those fears. Uh, we will overcome that, uh, that, that worry that if I, if I say this, it could cost me a relationship, a friendship. Um, but, but I look in the scriptures and I think about guys like, like Stephen in, in Acts chapter 7, 8. Uh, it, it cost him his life. And yet he stood boldly in, in humility before the religious elite of his day. And, and what did he say? He preached Jesus, right? He, he called them to repentance. Uh, we see that through Paul and Peter and all throughout the scriptures. And so, so that, that definitely is a concern. And, and if it is a concern for you, pray about it. Pray for those opportunities to to share Jesus uh, with those who are without Christ. Uh, what would be a, another, you said a third concern, uh, and, and I think you said just fear, right? Yeah. I can't remember. I'm sorry. I forgot. <laughs> I started, I started yeah, talking. Uh, a fear. Sometimes people fear of, of not knowing what to say, you know, yeah. not having the right words. And I definitely understand that as well. You know, we, we don't always have the right words, uh, but if we are resting in the work of the Spirit of God who dwells in us, sometimes God will... Uh, there have been times I've shared the gospel with people, and, and I may not have known exactly what to say, uh, but all of a sudden, it was like God put, some, put it on my heart and mind. You know, I'm not saying He spoke to me audibly, okay? Yeah. But it was just the Spirit of God working through me, and I began to have the opportunity to share Jesus. And so, so here, here's what I want to do. I want to give you some methods, just real quick, a few methods of how you can share the gospel with people. The first method is, is one, just share your personal story. Maybe, you know, one of the time, the biggest fears we've talked about, it, not knowing what to say or, or how to transition a conversation. Know your personal story. If you're a born-again believer, if you've placed your faith and trust in Christ, take some time to write out your personal testimony. Write it out in, in three different stages. Uh, talk about your life before Christ. Talk about your encounter with Christ. Uh, talk about the conviction that you were under when you placed your faith and trust in Jesus. And then uh, discuss what your life looks like now 
that you are a born-again child of God, okay? Uh, and try to write that personal story in about three to ten minutes. Not three to ten minutes, about three to two, two to three minutes, yeah. excuse me. Because most of the time, you're going to have just a very short time to share the gospel with someone. Uh, a second way is, is what I'll call the Romans Road, or what many call the Romans Road. Now, you can write this however you want, okay? But it's very simple. Okay, you you talk you're talking with somebody and you mention you you start with the fact that all people have sinned, Romans three twenty three for the for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And then you talk about the the consequences of sin, right? Romans six twenty three a the wages of sin is death because all have sinned, we all sin every day, because of our sin we will spend eternity separated from Christ in a place called hell. But then you move on to God's love. While we were yet sinners, Romans 5, 8, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so that's when you can put in Romans 5, 8, uh, John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And then you move from there. And so when you're talking about God's love, you're, you're talking, of, you want them to know that Jesus came to this earth as our substitute. And he died on the cross for all mankind so that whosoever believes in Jesus will have everlasting life. So all have sinned. The consequences of sin is death. The love of God is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ our Lord, which then leads us to that salvation and forgiveness then can be found in Christ alone for all people. Romans 10, 9 and 10 reminds us, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it's with the heart one believes and is justified as with the mouth confession is made and, and, and you're saved. And then verse 13, Romans 10, 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So here's, here's the thing. This is what we're moving from. We're moving from sin to the consequences of sin to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, God's love. Finally, we're looking at our forgiveness in Christ alone. That salvation is found in Jesus alone. The, the final way, and, and Connor, this is, this is my favorite model now of evangelism, uh, and it's called the three circles. I believe Nam has really pushed this and published it, I think. I, I could be wrong on there, but uh, I think it was uh, Jimmy Scroggins, who pastors in um, Florida. South Florida. Yeah. yeah, I think he was one that kind of really, really started this. But this is the model that I've started using every day in my personal evangelism, and it really has three parts to it. God, brokenness, and gospel. When you're sharing the gospel with somebody, you start with God, that he created mankind in his image, that he's a perfect, holy, righteous, just God, That meaning ultimately he's perfect, he has no sin. And he created mankind in his image and to live in a, in a really a harmonious relationship with him. But we, we are broken sinners. We are spiritually and eternally broken apart from Christ. Uh, and we're, we're broken because we have sinned against God. We rebelled against God. Every Again, Romans 3.23, for all have sinned. Romans uh, 5, uh, Romans 5.12 and following, it just says, sin entered the world through one man, Adam, death, and death spread to all man. And so um, we're broken. People are trying to fill that void in many different ways. Um, but because of their sin, there's nothing mankind can do to have everlasting life with the Father, right? Uh, and then, then you go from God brokenness to gospel. 
And the gospel is this. While we are broken and we cannot bring about our own forgiveness, Jesus died in our place. And every person who believes in Christ, every person who repents from their sins, trusting that Jesus is who he says he is and he accomplished what he said he accomplished, every person who believes and trusts in Christ, repenting and surrendering, we are restored into a right relationship with the Father. Not for a little while, but forever. Forever we are in a right relationship with God. And so you, you go and Google the three circles in the Romans Road. These are out there. You can find them. But let me encourage you. As, as born-again believers, you have been tasked with sharing, the, with sharing the gospel. You've been tasked with personal evangelism. Don't run from that task. Be faithful. Pray every day, God, give me an opportunity to share the gospel with those who are lost. Use different avenues. You know, think about some of the ways we can share the gospel today. Yeah, I think one way we're using it now is social media, right? Uh, we can't talk to a lot of people. Yeah. Kind of isolated unless we go to the grocery store. Um, so social media is a good way. Yeah, social media. Your Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter. Uh, writing a letter, right? Yeah, snail mail. Snail mail. It still works. Yeah, it still works. Yeah. Um, and then personally share the gospel with people. You know, this is dropping... A, later than we're recording. I get that. We still may be in, in, in social distancing, self-isolation. I'm not sure. Uh, if we are, you still have opportunities to share the gospel with people. Uh, you have to get gas at some point or you have to go, you know, go to get groceries. Uh, but if we are able to go out about like we, like we, we would like, uh, you rub elbows with lost people every day. Uh, share your story. Share the Romans Road. Share the three circles. Set a goal to share the gospel with at least one person every week. And, and don't be content. If you get past that week and say, well, I didn't share the gospel, it's okay. Don't be content with that. Uh, be broken over that. Share the gospel every day with somebody. The more you share the gospel with people, the more you're going to long to share the gospel with people. So, be evangelist. Do the work of evangelist, friends. Uh, which leads us then to our our. Final topic of the day, uh, sports, right? So I know, Connor, you are a huge uh, XFL fan, and I know that you are extremely heartbroken today uh, that, that uh, it's, it's been announced that the XFL will no longer be no longer. Yeah, listen, I really did like the XFL. It was really cool. But let me just preface it. With this, I watched every single XFL game from the beginning to the end. Um, really wanted to give it a chance. I watched the AAF when it was out last year, mm-hmm. um, and it just—it's really crazy to me that people put down on the XFL like they want—they wanted to see it fail. Yeah. And seeing it fail, the AAF and the XFL fail. I mean, were gone for two different reasons. Um, the AAF was really bad, and mm-hmm. the XFL. Probably had something to do with the, the virus, if I would, if I could, you know, probably think that, I guess. But people want to put it down. That's the reason it was canceled. Yeah, the reason the virus. it was canceled yeah. probably was because of the virus. But I would say this that we can't put down on these kind of leagues because there is an obviously a market for people wanting to watch football year round. Correct. Yeah. After the Super Bowl, that's what I wanted. And yeah. the very next weekend, they gave me that. Yeah. They gave me the opportunity to go watch football. Yeah. It was awesome. And what made it even better was 
being able to go into it now, even though I had already picked a team for my XFL team, I was not uh, I was not upset if my team won or lost yeah. right then because I didn't have the emotional attachment that I do to my college team or my right. NFL team. So it was, it was a really cool to just be able to watch football without the emotional attachment. Um, but you want to see these types of things succeed. So I don't really understand the why people put it put it down on Twitter or anything yeah. like that. People are kind of bashing it. Um, we want to watch football. That's and right. I think it's just a it's an emotional attachment to the NFL or to the to the NCAA to be able to not want to see something else succeed over it. Yeah. I, I think I agree. You know, I wasn't a big XFL fan. I think the league could have been good for professional football. Uh, in fact, we've seen some NFL teams have signed right. some of these XFL players. I think it would have been a good uh, middle ground for some of these guys that maybe were not quite ready even after college, but but had the potential that that with some extra work could have been could have been successful. I also think where where it could have been really really beneficial to the NFL would have been with the coaches. Uh, you could have you could have used a lot of younger coaches get an opportunity to be a head coach and learn and prepare them for the NFL. And so I, I think it could have been good. I don't think this is the end of a if we want to call it D league. Um, uh, minor league system. I think we'll see more of those. I think you will too because there's billions upon billions of dollars being made yeah. with the NCAA and with the X. I mean, and with the NFL. Somebody is going to try to capitalize on that. That's right. Um, even if it's for a spring, people are going to watch it. Yeah. I mean, if you have money behind it, it'll probably it'll eventually work. But the only ones we've seen really work is the CFL, the Canadian Football League. That that's been going on for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's in another country. Canadian is going on for a long time. You've had a, you have a lot of crossover there sometimes. Yeah. Not a lot, but you got some crossover there. Yeah. Um, the arena football. Still. Which is Serena's no longer. No, it's not. It's not exactly. I don't guess it's still. We're actually getting one here in Hattiesburg. It's really? Like a small. I don't know what kind of. That's cool. What it is, but. Uh, yeah, but we see a couple of them working. One will stick one day. Just keep throwing it at a wall. It'll stick. Oh yeah. You're right. So um, whether it's XFL. NFL, NCAA, basketball, football, baseball, uh, or rec league with your kids. Use every opportunity, even sports. Listen, sports is a great avenue for personal evangelism. Parents with kids, uh, if you've got kids playing some form of ball, use that as an opportunity to meet people you wouldn't have the opportunity to meet and share Jesus with them. We want to bring everything back to the gospel of Christ. And so... Be evangelist, whether it's it's at your job or with sports or at home. Uh, share the gospel. Friends, uh, we hope you come back next week. Uh, tune in to Running in Pursuit podcast. And until we uh, meet again next week, make much of Jesus, being the light of Christ, making disciples. Peace.